Yeah. Here we go. Had to do it for the fans, man. Hey, you know that. Think they ready, Nug? Not for what we got coming. King Corn Beast be killing shit. Guess who started a podcast? Riddle me that. Nug and his boy Jersey, and we talking smack. Sports, music, and life, we talking all of that. We live in effect. Hey, yo, hey, we, we in the, the track. I'm Ramir Roberts, a.k.a. Jers. James Woodard, a.k.a. Nug. And we in the chat. Yeah. Yeah, man, we took a little break, man, last week. Um, you know, I wasn't feeling too well, and, you know, I wouldn't have sounded right on the podcast. So I was like, yo, let's just let's, let's just wait to, you know, I feel better. We could redo this, man. Thanks, thanks. But one of the things, bro, is like, when you get sick now, bro, it's like everybody think it's COVID-related. You know what I'm saying? No, no like, cap, bro. Like, it's like, oh, you got COVID? Nah, right. Now nah, you can't just have allergies. You can't just be sick. It got, it, it can only be COVID. Like, bro, nothing else exists no more. Bro, and what's crazy is, like, in recent years, like, my allergies have become very bad. Like, very bad. As soon as that pollen start peaking, bro, I'm going crazy. And then think about it, right? A lot of people, you know, you keep masks in the car or whatever the case may be. And, um, you know... Them particles get inside the mask too. So I'm in work and I got this mask on. I'm sneezing like crazy, bro. People looking at me side eye. I'm like, bro, I promise you, I promise you on everything, bro. It's just, it's just allergies, bro. Yeah, but yeah, bro, people, people scared to sneeze now, man. No cap. <laughs> no cap. And you know, society's society's not helping, not helping now anyway, because yeah. now what it, what it's doing is it's causing confrontation between people, right? Yeah. So yeah. now if you're not wearing your, your mask properly, people go may possibly confront you, right? Because you yeah. know some people what they do now, especially when it's hot, you know, as it get hotter, they yeah. starting to not put it over their nose because they, right. they need that, they need to breathe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. man. It's hard to breathe behind a mask, yo. Yeah, man. Um, especially if you got a good mask, you know what I'm right. saying? Like right. Some people right. got in joints or whatever, like that really ain't doing nothing. It's just different. Right. So right. um and it's just, it's causing a problem. You know, now you got people saying, oh, I'm vaccinated. I don't need a mask, blah, right. blah, blah. Or I don't believe in vaccination, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's, it's weird because again, you know, when you talk about, you know, causing confrontation between people, uh, the media is, is so shifty in terms of, you know, what the guidelines are today, what they are tomorrow. You know, if you're fully vaccinated, you could do this. If you're not, you got to do X, Y, and Z. And it's, it's one of those things where are we leaving it up to people to be honorable about the fact that they got vaccinated or not? You know what I mean? Because who's who's to say? You know what I mean? Are, are we going to have events where, you know, everybody got to bring a vaccination card? Like, what's, you know what I mean? And then, and then I'm hearing about people like faking, you know what I mean? Faking vaccination cards and stuff like that. Like, filling them out with like fraudulent information just to make it look like they've been fully vaccinated. So, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a weird space, bro. It's, it's, um, the world is weird right now. Like it has been weird, but it's definitely weird now. Man, first off, man, like <laughs> you don't gotta, you don't gotta fake it, bro. Like if you ain't nice. vaccinated, if that's what you decide or yeah. you weren't, you haven't been able to, you know, get it done. Cause you know, like one of the things people gotta understand is like, it's people that's against it. Sure. People that they're not against it, but they don't have enough information to want to get it done. Right. And then there's those people that don't have the resources to actually go get it. Like True. transportation, bro. Like you got to go to certain places. Yeah. You know, those people who before the pandemic ain't leaving home. You know what I'm saying? So Thanks. now I got to go CVS or, you know, I got to go to these different places yeah. that in some instances are large gatherings because there's a lot of people trying to get these exactly. vaccinations. So, so where do I go to get that? But what people understand is, man, it's around, it's a little over 300 million people in the U.S., right? They yeah. said, as of right now, about 125,000 or so people are vaccinated. 25 million, excuse me. 125 million people uh, are fully vaccinated. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's still a large number of people, yeah. man. Still out here unvaccinated. You know what yeah. I mean? So they, said 30, they said 38% of the uh, the United States population is vaccinated. What? 38%. And you know, and this is the thing, man, like I've been, you know, people be, you know, making jokes and stuff like, 
Right. Uh, everybody who vaccinated go turn into zombies. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and you know, people, you know, people got reasons behind the vaccination, especially mm-hmm. coming from the African American community. Right. I'm telling them is look, all these look when uh, I never forget Stephen A. Smith said this. He said, um, he seen he he was looking at the line in New York to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. He counted five black people in the whole line. He said right. he he said it was about it was, it was about 300, 400 people in line. Wow. He counted five black people. You know what wow. I'm saying? And the reason why I bring it up is who's what race is dying most because of um COVID? Black and brown people. Yeah, what race has been affected the most? And I'm talking about like jobs, businesses, homes. Black and brown people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and what people aren't taking advantage of this free vaccination? That's black and brown people. Straight you know what I'm saying? So Straight you up. know, people, you know, people can say what they want to say. Numbers um, don't lie. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I can't, you know, we can't we can't argue uh numbers. And at the end of the day, this is not a situation where I feel, in my opinion, that you know, we're we're sort of you know calling people to do whatever, right? It's it's you know, what do you what do you what do you again what do you feel you know if, if you feel like a you know you're the, the type of individual where you know you don't believe in vaccinations i you know i'm with you 100 you know but at the end of the day um for me like in my mind i always think of how can you know not only how can i but how can we you know protect ourselves the best um you know from the issues of the world at the end of the day you know and you know, we got to stop believing a lot of the things that, you know, we see and we hear a lot of times. And again, you know, like we constantly talk about on the show, man, do your own research. You know what I mean? Thoroughly do your research. If you want to know about the vaccines, don't just say you don't want to be vaccinated. Don't just say, you know, hey, I heard X, Y, and Z about, you know, because we heard about Johnson and Johnson. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is, man, just, just, just educate yourself, educate yourself fully you know, in, in making certain decisions, um, especially decisions that not only affect you, but affect your family, you know? Um, I think a lot of times people make, you know, make these decisions uh, selfishly, you know what I mean? But we have to, you know, we have to take into account all of the different things um, within our sphere of influence that, um, you know, that we affect. So do your research man you know one thing every everybody got in the pain until right something, until t- something get mandated right that's when your job say you can't work here unless <laughs> unless, unless you get vaccinated right. what you gonna say you say i'm out how many people think they gonna say they out listen if, man if they say if they say you you can't travel out the country unless you vaccinated you can't you do, do this unless you vaccinate you know bruh People, right. You know, people go through real situations. You know, Those are real situ- real life situations where these things have happened already. You my, know wife I mean? worked, my wife worked on VC's medical campus, didn't work right. in a hospital, but worked on the right. campus. And right. her, her, it was required for her to get a flu shot. Right. For sure. It was required. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people decide not to get flu shots because it, quote unquote, makes them sick. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what I'm saying if your job say it's yeah, hey, you work around blah, blah, blah types of people. It's required yeah. for you to have it. I mean, either you go do it or you not go work there. That's just the way it's gonna work. You know what I'm saying? And but my thing is with the whole with this whole situation is don't fake it, bro. Like you know what I'm saying? Like people don't. It's some people that don't want to wear a mask so bad that they'll tell people that they are vaccinated when they know they're not, putting mm-hmm. other people at danger just so right. they don't have to wear the mask, right? That's you know again. I think that's a that's a that's why would you why? Why? You know, that's 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 my question. Why would you do that? Again, if you don't want to be vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. I'm not telling you to get vaccinated, right? Don't, just don't do it. But my thing is, with with all the decisions you make in your life, you got to stand in the truth of the decision, the decisions that you make, right? Um, if if I des- if I decide today, right, to go outside, knowing the rules of the road, if I decide to go outside and 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 you know get in my car and and speed, I have to be, you know, I have to be open to the consequences therein, right? I got, I have to be open to the fact of being pulled over. I got to be open to the fact of having police confrontation at some point. You know what I mean? These are the things that you have to, you know, you have to be open to. And again, in this situation, you got to listen, man. 
know what's going on, make advised decisions, and you know, stand in the truth of the decision that you make at the end of the day. You know, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not an MD, not a right. You know, I don't work in healthcare, so I'm, you know, I'm just speaking on my own experiences and, and my right. opinions. But this thing isn't going to just end. Like it no. isn't going to this. This isn't no. going to evaporate. This isn't, no. you know, yeah. when we were in elementary school, we used to put water in a cup and put it on, put it outside, and come back a few days later, and the water be gone on the cup, right? Yeah, it evaporated. Yeah. This this ain't this this thing ain't going like that. <laughs> so nah, the, the only way for for it to improve is for people to get vaccinated, right? Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's still gonna be sick yeah. people. There's still people go with weak immune systems. Like, yeah. Yeah. that that cannot change. The only way it right. changes is to get vaccinated, right? And I mean, if people don't want to get vaccinated, cool. But then you can't complain when, you know, sure. we're going on potentially two years. Yeah. Um, you know, where where we at? Almost a year and a half now, right? Right. Right, and they just lifting mass mandates at this point. You know what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So you dating, you dating a dude, man. You don't even know what he look like from the nose down. You know. <laughs> but when this when this pandemic end, buddy ain't gonna have no lips. Come on, man. <laughs> y'all been y'all been together a year and a half. You ain't never seen buddy yeah. before. You know. Yeah. What I mean? yeah, he got he got the pencil. He got the pencil stash and everything. <laughs> yeah, but the crazy bro. the crazy thing is, bro. Um, you know, I do grocery shopping online and right. I just go and I just go to the store and pick it up, like you know, pull up and they put it in the car. Right. Bruh, they ain't had no wings at the store. No wings, wing shortage. Like not like like not not and I'm 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 just pointing at black people. Not no thigh shortage, not no breast shortage, not no leg <laughs> shortage. Right. And for some Wait. reason, they got sh everybody got shrimp and crab legs on deck everywhere in the world. Yeah, like the ocean, like <laughs> yeah, it's going like crazy. They reproducing right at a high amount right now, but ain't <laughs> no wings nowhere, bro. Where are all the wings, bro? That's crazy that you bring that up too, because I, you know what? I never, I didn't even like, I didn't even look into it. You know what I mean? I didn't even look into the wing shortage. But again, like you said, that's crazy because. Like it wasn't no problem with thighs, right? It's not no problem with breasts. Like where the wings at, bro? Like, wait, wait. All yeah. right, so all the chickens that y'all got, you telling me all of them don't have wings, apparently. But, but and this, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to think <laughs> mathematically, right? Yeah. If you take one chicken, right? Yeah. You get more wings out of a chicken than you get if anything else. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like how many breasts on a chicken? On one chicken? One. You know what I'm saying? How many thighs on one chicken? It is you get, you get you get two legs. Yeah, yeah. You get two wings. So if you got legs, I assume you should have wings. So I'm pointing yeah. at black people because my assumption is right. we is murking all these wings. I'm murking them. But again, think about it. You know what I mean? People getting this money with um, you know, for the children or whatever with the with the uh, what is it like food stamps? Are they getting like additional food stamps or just additional money with, you know, for for like childcare? Yeah. Um, you know, because of the, you know, of course the government, but I don't know, I guess, <laughs> I guess they just, everybody, you know, we, we barbecuing, we, you know, we having a good time outside, I guess, for, you know, for our families or whatever. So I'm guessing they just racking up on all the wings, man. But yeah, that's crazy, bro. A wing shortage, bro. Wing shortage, bro. Now they got, uh, we love wings. <laughs> gas shortage, bro. I was in short pump a couple of hours ago, bro. Dog. Gas was 315. Dog. Dog. And but we was talking we was talking about you too, bro. Cause um uh we was like I was telling Brie like, yeah, you know, because I my job is my job is 35 minutes away. So it's about right. <clears throat> my job about 32 miles or something like that, right? right? So I go to and I only go to work on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, but bro, I'm filling my tank like you know, because I you know I got an SUV, I'm filling I'm filling my tank a couple days. Yeah. You know, every four, every every four to five days. Yo, mind you, my get my gas tank is big. That's why I'm filling up more often because I don't have sure. a big tank. Sure. Bro, that joint. You know what I'm saying? When you nah, bro. when you got a long drive to work. Listen, bro, I I don't I don't miss I don't miss that commute from Hopewell up back up here. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that that joint that joint thirty, good thirty each way, bro. Like I'm cool. Thank God, bro. 
and I drive, you know, we I drive an SUV as well. And you know, that tank big, bro. To fill that thing up, bro, you <laughs> you gotta let some ducats go, bro. But um thank God I live eight minutes from work, bro. Eight minutes in and out. You when you were working, when you live in the whole world, was coming out there for work. Yo. You know, I had the short distance, right? But Yo. now I feel you, bro. Because if I leave something at home, bro, at home, it's rap, dog. It's at home, dog. Hey, lunch. Hey, I left the lunch at the crib. I'ma start the date. I left the wallet at the crib. Lord, don't let me break down. I'm saying, yeah, I'm. Yo, 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 one time I'll never forget this, yo. I was, I was, I was, I got up a little late, so I was on my way to work, and you know, as soon as I got in the car, basically, you know, because I always look up the gyps from down there just to see what the time would be like for me to get there. So, hey, you you said that yesterday. What's what's the gyps, bro? GPS. Dang, bro, you just made me. Yeah, so it's uh, I checked. Yeah, I some new lingo, bro. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I checked the gyps, and it's I'm getting there right at the time I need to get there. So I'm in the car, but I got enough gas in the car at the time. I was like, I could get there. I just need to get some gas on the way home, bro. <laughs> bro, <laughs> I get there, bro, and I'm looking like I get off work and I'm looking for my wallet. Like I usually leave it in the car. I'm like, yo, where's my wallet? I don't have my wallet, bro. I'm when I tell you any hill that I that I saw on the way home, bro, I let the gas go, bro. I'm like, no, sir. I got to coast this thing, bro. Thank God, bro. I made it. I found a couple dollars. I found a couple, you know, you got you found a you found a couple dollars stashed in the car. I had to get, I had to get like, I had like three bucks. I got like one gallon. <laughs> That's all you got like one gallon, bro. Hey, it was bad. Today? Bro. Today? No, 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 no. One gallon oh, yeah. get you around the corner today. No cap. No cap, bro. This ga- and, and what's crazy about you had three dollars, brother. That's not a gallon today, bro. Facts. <laughs> Facts. Cause you Facts. know, I, you know that last that last couple couple. Bro, yeah, bro. that ain't nothing, bro. Bro, nothing. Nothing. Once that joint, once that joint clicked, bro, and you trying to round it up, bro. You, ain't it's nothing, a wrap. No, sir. And what's crazy, bro? What's crazy about the gas shortage, bro? I'm seeing people, y'all. I've seen this. I've seen, um, you know, just seeing people like fill up gas cans and all this different stuff, not understanding, bro. If it's already a shortage, you're actually contributing to it. You know what I mean? They think that they're saving themselves when in actuality, you're not. Right. And now it's like when they open the pipeline back up, bro, what you doing with all this gas, bro? I seen somebody. <laughs> <laughs> was was what that what and this is this is how I, feel. I, I think monetary mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so are you collecting you know if we go into a shortage of wings whatever the shortage right. is right right are you collecting to resell to make it profitable are you right. collecting because you want to have that in stock until the next time we get it right yeah so my thing is is gas is Gas is something that I can do without, right? True. And what I mean by that is like, majority of people have been um, working remotely for for about right. a year, right? Right. Right. Or if you're not working remotely, you have some sort of flexibility in your work, right? Mm-hmm. So, and there's so many there's so many other options to get groceries to do a lot of other things, right? So mm-hmm. like, where you go, like where you going? Where yeah. And you know, that, it ain't like toilet paper, bro. Where like, if you don't got toilet paper, you don't got no other option. That's why, like that. That's the only shortage. I was like, is no, real because, yeah. what? Like, we just gonna be like, you know, um, what's the joint called? A bidet. We just go hit the bidet. We just go hit the shower. <laughs> like, what, like what we gonna be? If you don't got toilet paper, what you gonna be doing? Listen, bro. If you ain't got toilet paper, your water bill gonna be high as hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, bro. It's, it's it's so weird, bro. Anything that happens in America, bro. Anything that happens in America. We live in such an abundance, people get afraid of not having. You know what I mean? That that we, you know, we, we go out and try to get as much as we can. We try to stockpile it, but for what? You know what I mean? Not being, you know, people of 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 you know, like forward thinking, like thinking of, thinking about yo, like how long could this potentially last? Again, doing your research, man. Look, you know, I'm, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna speak from personal experience. You yeah. Know I mean? Like, you know, I grew up, you know, I grew up in tough times, you know what I'm saying? So right. Like, right. I, know what it's, I know what it's like to not have a car, you know what I'm saying? Right. So like, right. it, so like me not having gas 
isn't as big of a deal because I didn't grew up without. I've walked. And again, I got to think about people who live in, you know, and in places like Surrey, places where no. you don't have a vi- when you you don't got no vehicle, like you really you, you literally not going nowhere, bro. Yeah, you feel me? You know what I'm saying? You're not going nowhere. You know, yeah. you be like, dang, what is Stow at? They're gonna be like 30 miles. You know, something crazy. And they, and they and they got two gas stations. You see what I'm saying? Like, and think they, about that, bro. And that's that's monopolizing the situation, bro. Imagine. Matt, and that's why if you look at the places like where there'd be no gas, it'd be like the, the small towns, the southern yeah. towns, where it's kind of like it's it's multiple gas stations, but it's probably like yeah, it's probably like a few entities that own all those gas stations. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then and then if you think about it in, in areas like that, again, um is is rural areas, right? So we have um the people there have more uh equipment that needs gas right so you have farmers who have the big machines and all these different things those need gas right people run a lot of different lawn care services in those areas so all of these things need gas as well as the vehicles that drive them so you can see where the the shortage affects them more because they start to think about yo if i don't have gas you know this week to to support all of these different businesses in those areas i don't eat you see what I'm saying? So as 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 much as in those areas it does contribute to the shortage, it, it, you, you kind of can't help it in those areas. But if you live in a city, bro, it's gas stations everywhere. You just gonna have to get it how you live, bro. But and and you know those people who need the gas aren't the yeah. people getting the gas. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's people, human beings, bro. Yeah. Breathing one, people, one animals. One car, man. They they putting gas. Plastic bags, come on, man. Trash bags, come on, man. Um, the glad, the glad containers, like, <laughs> bro, what is y'all what? doing? Are you sick? What are you doing with this? I seen a lady, you know, them hamper baskets. They got the holes in it. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> you know, the gas station water, though, bro. I seen the picture, bro. No way, bro. Yeah, bro. I'm telling you, bro. People not, people not thinking, bro. <laughs> Again, bro, your emotions are a great indicator, a great indicator, but a poor navigator. Poor navigator, bro. Like people get people get emotional about things. Once people get scared, bro, they'll do anything. But she had the hamper with the hole, with the holes, bro. Yes, bro. That's what she had. <laughs> oh my God, bro! Wow. People need to get it together, man. I'm telling you. Seriously, seriously, bro. Yeah, man. But you know, on a, on a, on the good side of things, on the good side of things, Felicia Rashad, Felicia, <laughs> Dean of Fine Arts at Howard, man. What you, what you think, man? That's 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 dope, man. You know, I I try to think, I try to think about the situation from you know multiple sides because I. You know, I really look at intent, purpose, and things like that. You know, especially mm-hmm. working at an HBCU. Right. So I'm thinking, like, was she hired because of the name? Mm-hmm. Um, is she truly going to be dedicated to this work? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, one of the reasons why I bring that up is because in in many black spaces, mm-hmm. right, in many black uh professions there are black people that are looking for an opportunity right sure and most of the time opportunities are given to people who've already had multiple opportunities to do other things makes sense and then it be, and then it be they recycle those same people right right so when you look at you know when you look at sports um we look at movies it's the same top 10 you know actors entertainers um you know coaches that get all get all the good jobs get all the good gigs but there's somebody who's just as good who's put in the work been in the trenches looking for that opportunity so you know i think um felicia rashad is worthy she is a um alum of that institution right um her work on screen has showed yeah, you know she's able and capable of doing that. Yeah, but then I don't know. You, you know, speaking from someone who works in academia, yeah. I don't know 
what her um, insight is on the higher education side. Right. Because right. Um, as someone who aspires to be a dean, not dean of school of arts, but you know, student affairs, um, there's a lot that goes into that. You are responsible for um, a large team. Sure. You know, there's a lot of planning and implementation that goes into that. Sure. Um, you are involved with um, curriculum and making sure that your 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 departmental school is accredited. It's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. So my, I would like to know what is her experience doing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and, and I think about this a lot, man. You know, when you hires, when when people say. You can't talk about the game if you never played the game. Well, some yeah. of the greatest coaches ever have never played the game. Sure. You know what I'm saying? A person who invented the game of basketball didn't didn't play. Yeah, didn't play. You know, wasn't you know didn't have the physical attributes to be successful playing that game. Sure. Um. So you know what what I think about is okay, we know your resume, yeah. right? Yeah. Now. What can you instill that not only makes the people that attend this program successful, mm. but shines a spotlight on this program to make sure that the professors that teach this program are successful, right? I got you. Because it's, it's more than just, you know, teaching people what you've learned over the years. Sure. There's a certain sure. curriculum, there's a certain type of understanding that has to go into it. You know what I'm saying? So, sure. I, my thoughts are, again, as you said, um, she's a very worthy uh, individual for, you know, for that position. Again, she went to uh, Howard. She graduated magna cum laude in 1970 uh, with a fine arts degree. You know what I mean? She's now uh, 72 years young. She's been in the business many, many years, done, you know, so many great things. And I was reading something in the post, you know, where she spoke about, you know, wanting to be uh, the individual to come back and, and breathe life into the program. Again, the fine arts program in the School of Fine Arts uh, at Howard um, has, hasn't been uh, independent from, you know, the School of Arts and Sciences since 1998. You know, so it, it hasn't, you know, it hasn't had the best uh, representation or, um, you know, just, just, uh, allure over the years. And so, you know, just having someone like that who not only studied at this university, but also studied this craft, um, I think, again, is it's, it's dope because she she mentioned in the article she wanted to be, you know, a, a working practitioner. And the the Howard president, um, Wayne Frederick, you know, that was his main interest in wanting her to be a part of that program. Being a dean over that program is because she's a practitioner in the field. Again, a lot of schools that we go to and a lot of the people that we get, you know, our education from don't necessarily practice the things that they teach us. You know what I mean? So I think that her being in the position of also, you know, like I said, being that working practitioner, um, it's, it, it gives it a, it gives it a different, it gives it a different level. It gives it a different insight because of, you know, her expertise within the business, you know, and just how, um, how regal she has been over the years. But, you know, what was interesting is she made the quote about, you know, her training, um, that she got from, you know, being in the fine arts program. And she said, uh, the discipline of the fine arts program was like training for the military for me. Mm. Right. So she has that understanding that this isn't a situation that you take on haphazardly. Again, you know, not only does she want to uh, graduate scholars from the program, but she also wants the fact of them being great artists to be included in that. So not only are you going to be great at your craft, you know, you, you're going to you're going to get an education on what fine arts truly is. And, you know, she's saying that that's her goal. So. Um, and what's awesome about the program, again, is it birthed the, the likes of a Taraji P. Henson, you know, a, a, a Donny Hathaway, um, and rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, you know. Um, so it, it's churned out over the years great talent. Um, but I think, again, it'll be immensely better because of the fact that she's involved there. You know, like I said, she has history there. So um, I think it just adds to Anthony Anderson, um, right. Davis, you know, like a lot of a lot of good, right. great actors went there. Right. You know, but my thing is, you know, and you spoke to, you know, what this means to her. And mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I wanted to talk about something we talked about yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, she's, you said she's over 70 years old, right? Yeah, 72. You know, she's not going to be doing this for enough, for 30 years. Right. So what does she have to do? She got to build a system. 100%. We, talk, 100%. we talked about building the system, right? Absolutely. Now, that goes to my conversation of, can she, can she build a system? Sure. You know I, mean? I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, I feel like she's very intelligent and I think she's, you know, very understanding in the position that she's taken. Um, again, being someone who's going to be working, but working like still acting, but also serving in this position, you have to create that. Just like we talked about yesterday, she's going to have to create a system. She's going to have to be able to create duplication of mission, right? Duplication of purpose, right? The, the, the people that are going to be under her within this department, you know, need to know and understand that, you know, this is the mission. This is what we're doing. Um, again, we're trying to turn not only um, you know, scholars out of this program, but also great artists, you know, that, that, that has to be like the unspoken rule of what we as a collective in this department do, you know, for these students, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be as you're, as you're, as you're speaking about, it shouldn't be, you know, strictly us, you know, coming to be a part of this program because Felicia Rashad is the dean, right? It should be, we're trying to be a part of this system because of what it produces. Right. So, and, and like you said, that's exactly what we were talking about yesterday. You know, systems, systems are the key because it is, it, it becomes plug and play at that point because we know what we're getting. Right. If, if they continue to turn out scholars, yes, they're going to get more, um, you know, more students that want to be a part of the program, want to go through there because they know what's to come. Right. It, it, it becomes automatic. You know, it's, it's not like, you know, people didn't want to join the Lakers or, you know, the Spurs or any other team because they knew at the end of the day, every single year we're fighting to want to be a championship team, regardless of who's on the floor, because the system is what does that. Right. The reason why Pop has had 60 win seasons for as many years as he had them consecutively was because not only did he have the talent. Yeah, he had talent, but the system the system was the unspoken thing. And that, that went from head coach down to assistant coaches, down to your troops, which are the, are the players. So this, so. this is, this is an, another caveat. And I'm glad, glad you brought up Greg Popovich, which is an NBA coach mm -hmm. is because his philosophy worked during not only when he had the players, but yeah. because of the way the game was played at that time. Right. Sure. sure. Pop has not made the playoffs for the last two years, his 50 when, seasons you know right. last year right. and that's because this his style of coaching his his philosophy has now surpassed what the league is right yeah, exactly he was uh, uh, efficiency right mm -hmm. so uh, you know efficient shots right so like mm -hmm. it's more efficient to shoot a mid-range shot than a three-point shot so his teams are like mid-range teams but that hasn't transcended because one, his teams don't have three-point shooters and right. his players specialize in mid-range shots, yes. which three points is more than two. So his teams aren't as successful as they normally would have been if they were at, tra at transition to the way everything is going now. So that's one of the things about yes. Felicia Rashad, when you think about, you know, she has, you know, decades of experience in the acting realm, right? Yeah. Right. But then how do you transfer that into what not only acting is today, right. what academia is today, right? And that's that's relationships. Again, we talked about this yesterday. That's relationships. She 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 has to understand as well. Um, and I'm sure she does because again, she's great at what she does. And I know she, you know, she brings a lot of uh, young actors and actresses um, under her wing. In, in the business, you have to build those relationships with these actors because again, their process is very different, you know, than yours being in the game, you know, how many years, what, 50 years, 40, 50 years now? Um, so again, you have to build relationships with those younger people because you need to still uh, keep that fresh, you know, that those fresh ideas, that, that fresh mind, because again, any system, if it's ran for a particular amount of time and it doesn't get a refresh, there's always going to be attrition. You know, there's always going to be things that sort of fall away and uh, and and don't translate. So I agree. I agree. But I think that, um, you know, I think she's 
again, I think she's a, a great candidate for this. And I'm excited to, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes under her, you know, under her watch. So. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm definitely excited, man, because not only is she well known, not only has she accomplished a lot in her acting career, um, but she's also an alma mater of that institution, bringing a lot back. You know, I think about, yeah. um, you know, Tim and Daphne Reed. Um, Tim Reed mm -hmm. was the father from sister, um, sister, sister. Daphne Reed was the second uh, Viv, right? Yeah. They're married. They live in Petersburg, Virginia. They both taught courses at Virginia State University where, you know, I'm employed. So, yeah. you know, I, I kind of understand how, you know, what a, a name can contribute to a program. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. Definitely agree with you on that, man. Absolutely. Um, what else we got, man? Oh, A-Rod, man. A-Rod about to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves look like, man. Man, um, <laughs> he almost bought the Nets a couple years ago. I mean, the Mets. I'm sorry, yeah, he almost bought the Mets. Mets a couple years ago. But and I'm gonna just tell you this though. Um, this was something me and uh, it was a dude in college we used to hang with. His name was his name was Sean Porter. We used to call him Yellow Child. Yes, sir. But yeah, but and Sean was one of the nicest, genuine guys that that I ever met. Um, but one thing we used to always say, man, we used to say, "Nice guys finish last, man." Yeah. It's sad to say, but nice guys finish last. Like, yeah, A-Rod was a habitual liar, right? <laughs> so, like, he stole hundreds of millions of dollars, bro. Like, the man, the man took steroids, which got him a contract over three hundred million dollars, right? E. And because of contractual obligations, even when even when he got caught, he still had to pay. He had to pay him that money, right? Yeah. yeah. So he wasn't even playing the game anymore, and was still getting. Um, you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But yeah. because of his likability and yada, 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 like, you know, years after cheating, <laughs> uh, the Yankees out of hundreds of millions of dollars, he has commercials and TV deals. And now mm -hmm. he had not one, yeah. but two chances to buy a professional sports team. Yeah. You know a yeah. uh, major professional sports team like that's just to put that in perspective this man cheated in the sport he played in in facts and was a finalist to buy a team in the sport he cheated in right facts didn't get that team and then next thing you know um he has a chance to buy the minnesota timberwolves which um in my opinion they're one of the laughing stock of the league you know down there with the sacramento kings and teams like that but the reason i bring that up you know nice guys finish last is because man like it's it's a lot of it's a lot of people out there that have a raw money right Facts. and what people have to understand about sports outside of you know a few you can't name you can't name 10 sports owners no like you probably know who they are but you haven't visibly seen them right mm. you know dr jerry bus he was a real you know active person right. um um who's real active um the bomber now uh jerry jones yeah. you know, and, I, and i'm and you know i'm talking majority stake that's why we bringing the steinbrenner yeah you know george yeah. steinbrenner yeah it's only it's only a couple so my thing is He's such a big name. He's such a visibly known person right. that I find it odd for him to be able to accomplish this so soon, right? Sure. A-Rod probably retired like four years ago, five years yeah. ago. Yeah, it hasn't been long. Right. And this ain't no, this is not a ma minority stake. This ain't no 10%. No, this, this, he's, this, this, 50, yo, he's it's a 50-50 split. It's a 50-50 split, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is, is like, this this is all I say, bro. If somebody found out that LeBron James took um, um, hormones to make him play longer, right? Right. There'll be no chance LeBron James will ever get an NBA. Team. Absolutely, absolutely. No chance. No. No chance. Nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't people, think so. Have, it seems as though people literally forgot what A. Rod did. Yeah, because again, you know, I think I think associating with the with the right people sometimes, yeah. um, 
it, it sort of changes, you know, people's perspective. And again, you know, we live in a we live in a world where uh, things are forgotten very, very quickly. Absolutely. Right? Things are forgotten very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, it's 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 like you said, it's, it's just weird to think that, you know, these things have happened so fast. Um, but at the same time, you know, knowing that we live in a capitalist society and, you know, the owner is really looking to sell in Glenn Tyler. Uh, he bought the team, I think, for 88 million in like 94, you know, to sell it now for 1.5 billion. You know, that's, that's a nice little payday. And at the end of the day, you know, again, like I said, we live in a capitalist society and, you know, money talking, BS walk. You know what I'm saying? So. But, I, you know, and this is the one reason I never understood why owners sell their teams right mm -hmm. because and, it, and one this is why i bring this up unless your family is in a financial strain and i'm not sure on what their right finances are right but unless your family is in a financial strain mm. why sell right yeah because sports is the one entity that i can pretty much guarantee yeah. that the value is not going to decrease right that's true. Because as long as the sports the sport continues to grow, right? Yeah. Which it will continue to grow because technology is enhancing every day, right? Exactly. Regardless if your team is successful or not, because the Timberwolves are not successful at all. Right. 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 All. They made the playoff a couple of years ago, and that was because of Jimmy Butler. Without him, they were no type of playoff team, and we can see that now. True. And they already have a probably number one pick again. <laughs> Um, but you know, and the reason why I bring it up is because like, like dog, like if you told me that if I had, you know, if I own this team, my, it's going to grow, my net worth is going to grow by a hundred million a year. Right. Why, yeah. why would I sell? Right. Yeah. I can pass this on to my kids and they can screw up as long as they don't say nothing that offends somebody like, um, the Clippers previous owner, like, yeah. This yeah. is an easy, this is easy income. It's easy, it's an easy game, it's easy income again, because also what comes with being an owner um, is, you know, we able to generate income because not, we don't just, we don't just play basketball here, you know, or think about it, they, they're included in the deal is not only the Timberwolves, but it's also, you know, the, the Lynx is included in the deal, you know, the G League team is included in the deal. And you know everything. You know everything therein. See, that's different. Okay, that's how trash they are, bro. They so yeah. trash. They got everything is in the deal for one point five billion dollars, bro. I'll tell you this right now, bro. You couldn't get. I'm saying so the top. So the top I forgot the top five. Um, the top five franchises were, I'm NBA were last time I checked were, and it's not in order, mm. were the Knicks. The Lakers, the mm -hmm. Celtics, the Warriors, and the Nets. Last time I checked, right? Mm -hmm. Now the Nets are up there because the Nets were, and I say weird because I'm a Nets fan, but they're one of the few franchises that owns their arena. Their arena right. wasn't built using state funds, right? Or state gotcha. Their gotcha. arena is owned by the owner, so that that that's another that's another slice of the pie. That's great. I, I take that. I take. I don't know if I said one or one of. But the Warriors, I think the Warriors did it as well with the new arena they got. They own it. Yeah, they own okay. that arena, right? Okay. So, and so what that what that means is anything that happens at that arena exactly. outside of I that cut. basketball team. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. Hockey, whatever. Like, yeah. Whatever. Straight up. Yeah, man. You know, but, you know, my thing is, like, you talked about building relationships, man. Mm -hmm. um, when you build relationships with people who know people, because to get into the, to even be in that situation to be a, a because individuals don't buy teams, right? Right, right. It's all ownership groups. It, it's, it's ownership groups, right? So yeah. you have to be a part of an ownership group that either has the financial infrastructure to purchase a team, or you have the you have built strong relationships with the people that serve on the board, right? Mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. And the people that approve that are the people that own the other teams, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, for example, Oprah tried, Oprah, I think it was Oprah and some other people tried to buy the Rockets a couple years ago, right? Wow, I never knew that. Um, I may, I think Beyonce was in that joint too. Okay. 
And, and the reason why I remember that is because people were looking into Rock Nation Sports to see if her name was on anything. And it wasn't. Ah, uh, to see if, okay. Because gotcha. Gotcha. When she, she wouldn't have been able to purchase because her husband, because her name's not attached to that entity, Gotcha. but her husband owns a sports agency. agency. Um, but you know the thing about it, they had a, they had a solid group. Definitely had the bread. You know what I'm saying? But do you have the relationships with these people that already own the team? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, the guy, I mean, the guy who bought um, the guy who bought the Rockets. I think he's in you know like real estate things like that, hotels yeah. and stuff like that. But um, but he has he has a lot of controversial opinions, political, religious opinions, and stuff like that. But as long as he get those votes, um, and I don't know what the vote is, it might be eighty five percent, something like that. I know it's it. I know it's way higher than fifty percent, like sure. But you know, A Rod is a likable person. Yeah, and he has a relationship with a guy who is you know they the, the, he's been called the LeBron James of like e commerce business. Mm. Right and Mark Lore, any and I was just looking up some different things and you know anybody could do their research on Mark Lore, but um, you know every almost every business opportunity he's had, um, he he's helped it grow and he sold it for boatloads of money. I I, I think he had a, a e-commerce business. I forget what their their focus was, but I believe. Um, it was like a startup and he became a part of, you know, the ownership group there. And uh, they ended up selling it for, I think, $545 million or something like that. Like, it's crazy. But yeah, he, he's, he's again, that having that relationship with someone who is so, um, who is so versed in the business world. Again, those, like you say, relationships matter. Relationships are key, man. You know, so at the end of the day, he, he right, probably right place, right time. You know, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I wish nothing, nothing but the best, man. I just, you know, I, and I, wish, <laughs> I, I'm happy because, because one, it, it helps us. And by us, I mean, black, uh, black and brown um, entrepreneurs, sure. because the NBA is going to use this statistic as, uh, having, 100%. Having, a, no, having a minority owner, right? Right. He's of Latin descent, so people they're going to say, "Hey, we have minority owner," you know, and they're going to use that. Yeah. You know, Dwayne Wade with the with the Jazz, yeah. you know. So. Yeah, but Dwayne's like he's he's not a majority owner though. No, 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 no. But you know, like, and that's and that's the and see that's another that's another strategic move that african americans had to do just to even get a shot right they have to start off as a mi minority and then work their way up sure. for example the owner of the sacramento kings used to be a minority owner for the golden state warriors mm. and then he had to gotta, then, get, your, gotta get your reps in yeah and then he was able to say i got the bread oh and i have experience as an owner in this league Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, man, you know, if if he could do it, and I'm not saying if he could do it because of his financial means, but because yeah. of his past, right. then people like LeBron James and others who, who try to do this. Um, sure. Yeah. And I think Grant Hill owns a piece of Atlanta Hawks, if I'm not sure. If I'm not okay. sure. I, I believe so. I believe so. And I think Shaq got some of the Kings or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we need them. You know, <laughs> got turn got turn these franchises around, man. Yeah, man. That's why you know my and my thing is, and then we can go on to something else. But my thing is, is like, I don't really for financial gain. I understand being a minority owner, mm -hmm. but bro, like you don't got no you don't got no say so for real. Like no, that's that that's that's the thing, right? When I think about you know minority ownership, I always go, well, what is what is their voice? What is their voice in, in, in any of this? But a lot of times what you see, um, and especially, you know, in a D-Way situation, it's like he's a minority owner, but, you know, is your voice big enough in those rooms, you know, to be able to make things shake? Or are you there as someone who just left this game, but have relationships with these players? Everything is, everything is, and I'm going to tell you that, everything is a game, bro. Yeah. Everything is a game. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. 
don't you don't you think when Donovan Mitchell contracts start start getting towards his end, you think the way he could talk to him and get him to resign? You know what I'm saying? Like the the beautiful thing is that relationship, right? They call him sort of the second coming of D Wade in the league, so it's almost like a perfect marriage. You see what I'm saying? So it, yo, everything is strategic. Like people, sure. people always. So I'm a I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, you know. I'm right. from Jersey, so I've been a fan since they played in New Jersey. Right. Jay Z was bought in as an owner to strategically assist with the relocation of the Nets, right? Sure. Once that relocation happened, he was out. It wasn't because he didn't believe in the team, was a fan of the team, blah 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 blah. It was because he was brought on for that sole purpose, right? It made it make sense. Yeah, and I mean. <laughs> He's from Brooklyn, yo. It make it make sense. What else do you need? So like, and and, and the thing about it is like, he probably got some bread on the on the back end because because that stadium was built. You know, he probably get some deal because you know he has a lot of concerts there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, title and when they purchased title, had mm-hmm. him there. So I'm 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 certainly look out for him and and some t- uh, sort of uh, compensation wise, but. Everything is strategic in this game, man. Exactly. Everything is strategic. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. If you think about Magic, Magic owned a part of the team for a little bit. Then Magic came in. His sole purpose was to recruit LeBron. Then once LeBron got there, they kind of were like, well, we ain't really need you for nothing else. So then that's why he kind of dipped. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like everything, a lot of teams make strategic moves, man. And it's a lot, it's a lot of players that have some type of ownership. But I'm a and like I said, my bad. But last, last thing I want to see. You good? You good? <laughs> we we gonna see something crazy this off season, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Ujiri, uh, who was the GM for the Raptors, he's a he's a beast. They said he's so he, he's one of the best GMs like ever. Yes. They said this off season because contract over the Raptors, somebody might throw him ownership stake, bro. Like that's big. They said three, like three to five percent. That's like big. That, that's I mean every place, every place he's ever went they they, they it, it, he changes it he's incredible he's incredible he get deals done yeah so they saying some they saying some squads might 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 throw some ownership as well as they should I think you know I think it's a good deal you know um and I think every every he he's one of those GMs again when that contract is up every team bringing that phone every team bringing that phone. You know what I mean, and it's interesting that you you know you you bring it to the off season. You know, yeah, man. pun intended. The off season. You know, J Cole dropped a new project. It was you know, people been waiting on him to come back out here in the streets and and, and you know and spit a little bit. Um, oh man, I don't I don't I don't feel like he disappointed. You know, I I, th- I think he did well. I think he did well. You know, I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on the project? I mean, it was, it was a good project. Yeah. Um. But I definitely expected more. Sure. Um. He's been gone for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he gave us middle child what a year a year or two ago. Yeah. Um. I thought it would have been more tracks. I'm happy he got features. I'm happy he got beats that weren't produced by him because I and I, I like J Cole, but mm-hmm. I always felt because he did everything on his own right. that he wasn't, he wasn't able to tap into a different, right. not genre, but tap into a different side of him. You know what I'm saying? Sure. sure. And, and he's, and J. Cole's, it's hard for me to pinpoint what he is because he, he's not hood enough to be gangster, <laughs> but right. then he's not, He's lyrical, but not lyrical in the point where I can't talk about hood stuff. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I can I couldn't compare him to like Wale because Wale really don't talk about guns and whatever stuff like that. Right, right. But then Cole with Cole will step into that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Yeah. But time, you know what I mean? But he had he had he had some joints on there. He had some joints yeah. on there. Yeah. I, I expected because of how long he's been away from the game. I expected. You expected for him to go crazy. Yeah. 30 it, tracks. <laughs> 22, you know what I'm saying? Something yeah, yeah. Double, yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, but he on his Master P right now. You know what I'm saying? He on his Master P. You know, he out here hooping. That's why it's called the offseason. He actually plays for uh, an African league right now. Um, that's you know, that's <laughs> I think, and, and this, go, this goes not just for Cole, but this goes for a lot of people, bro. Right. Like, once you become successful and you've reached mm-hmm. uh, this pinnacle, epitome, however you want to say, um, like you, you feel like you've accomplished everything you can, so you want to sure. go on and do other things that you're passionate about, right? Sure. Um, you know, everybody talk about how great Mike was, but imagine how great Mike would have been if Mike never wanted to play baseball, right? Fast. Imagine how great Cole was if he, you know, didn't want to go play basketball in the offseason. You know what I'm saying? Like how much, right. how much more his potential he can tap into his craft, his best craft. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Kobe Kobe Bryant was great because Kobe Bryant knew what he was best at. Right. And most of his time contributing something that crap. The difference, and, and this is the thing, right? And I'll say this because again, as as I learn more about Kobe and his passing, uh, you see how single-minded he was, right? A lot of times what and he never got bored with the thing he wanted to be great at. He always felt that there was another level. Again, he was single-minded about being the greatest basketball player to ever live in his frame of mind, right? And when you talk about, again, he, he listen, Kobe didn't, right? Kobe didn't play, Kobe didn't play and try to be great at basketball and then also try to be the greatest trainer and trying to figure out how to wrap his ankles the best. Somebody was, somebody was responsible for that, right? But then you think about, you know, the, the Coles of the world, where you know again they are great at their great at their talent but then again they have other passions which take away from that single-mindedness that that would make them otherworldly you know in, in terms of that sport or that thing that they're doing um you know but also also too yeah you know the thing you know when i think about cole man i think about I think about his music, bro, but I think about like, you know, are we just saying that because we live on the East Coast and because we're just familiar with his type of music or are we actually like agreeing with everything that's going on? You know what I'm saying? You got you to gotta think about it like this, bro. Like Cole got, how many, how many songs on Cole album you heard on the radio, bro? None. None, right? How many, Cole got a Grammy, right? But Cole, the only Grammy that Cole got is um, is with uh, Cole got a Grammy, but the Grammy he got is with Twenty One Savage, right? The the lot joint. So technically, that's Twenty One Savage Grammy. Right. That's his. Right. But Kendrick got a Grammy. Yeah, he got a Grammy. Chance got a Grammy. You know what I'm saying? So like, Cole is good, but I don't put. I cannot put Cole in that top category with the with the A listers because he's because of his accolade, you know, and sales is sales is sales because sales all Especially depends on sales, sales, sales. sales depends on marketability, right? Sure. Cole is gonna always sell because Cole is signed to one of the greatest rappers of all time, right? That's true. So even you look at anybody that associates themselves with Hove, they always do good. For sure. Uh, uh what's the name? Freddie um Freddie Gibbs, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, he associated with Cole, bro. He was up for a Grammy this year. Um, I think he lost the Nas, but like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and, but, yeah. and you know, dope, but Cole, Cole <laughs> gonna be dope, yeah. and then another album gonna drop, and everybody gonna forget about Cole. And the only people that's gonna remember the Cole album is people from the East Coast, people from North Carolina, or Cole fans. Like, that's true. That's and true. And um, that's how I feel. Like. I, I don't, I rarely be seeing people like out and about and it's just like, I'm just rocking with Cole. No, that's true. But everybody um, I know rock with him, but that's, be, I think that's more so because of where we're located geographically. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't live in Virginia and not rock with people that rock, don't rock with Cole who's from North Carolina. Cause the sound is something similar to what we would listen to, right? You get what I'm saying? True. I agree. And, you know, he, again, for me as well, um, you know, he, he's, he's not top five, um, but, but do I feel like, you know, he, he's a, he's a good artist. Sure. 100%. Um, but again, it's, it's like you said, it's, is sometimes it's 
where you are, where you get access to, you know, to certain rappers. Yo, we live on the East Coast. I'm sure there's great Houston rappers we know nothing about. You see what I'm saying? I'm sure there's great, you know, great artists from, from the West Coast, from the Midwest that we have absolutely no idea about. But, you know, again, Cole, every time he comes out, he does drop solid projects. I Like you, you know, I agree. And I think that, um, I'm not saying that you don't, you, you shouldn't handle production, do what you wish with, with the art that you create. But, you know, to be able to focus on what you're saying and how you're saying it, the bars, the, you know, your content, uh, to be able to solely focus on that content and, and you know, to marry the beats with, with, with your words um, is a totally different thing. And, um, you know, I, I think he, I think he has a great pen. You know, and I think he does a lot for, you know, other creatives in terms of, you know, bringing them together and, um, you know, allowing them to grow. You know, the, the Sminos of the world, the Earth Games of the world, you know what I mean? He does a great job in that, in that aspect. So, you know, I thought it was a solid project. You know, um, what's, your, what's, your, uh, what's your top three? Um, so my top three on the project, man, um... I'm gonna go with God darn. I gotta go with 95 South, bro. I-95, 95 South, that joint, that joint was fire, bro. Cause, and and like I said, it all depends on what you like, bro. Like, right. the beat was fire, Cam on the joint was fire. Lil bro, I, he didn't even rap. <laughs> bro, at the end, put your water. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, dun, dun, dun. Bro, I be in the car going crazy, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, uh my life was my was my joint with 21. Mm -hmm. I feel like him and 21 got a great, great relationship. Yeah. Um, but what was dope was Moray was on that joint. Mm. Um Moray was the one singing the hook on that mm -hmm. joint. I don't know if you mm -hmm. know Moray, but he do the um it's just one time in the quicksand. Okay. But, but yeah, but he from North okay. Carolina or whatever. Yeah. So that was dope that he pulled so he pulled an up and coming rapper from his area. Right. That joint, you know what I'm saying? Um, right. So that joint, that joint was fire. Um, and I'm gonna go with 100 mil. You know what I mean? Okay. okay. I felt like that that beat was crazy, and then yeah. the way the way Cole came in, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, the way Cole came in was crazy on that joint. Um, yeah. So those are my three favorites, and gotcha. besides, I mean, for real, for real. I only got like four joints, four or five joints. I really like. I listen to on that joint. Mm -hmm. Hundred, hundred mil, hundred mil is one of them for me. Um, but when I talk about you know top three, you know we we matching at the top with you know ninety five south and uh, my life because again you know like you said that relationship with twenty one. Anytime me on the track with twenty one, twenty one bringing it. You know what I mean? Um, don't don't features, bro. Just, I mean, when 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 Twenty One come on the joint and feature, he he go nuts. He may, he make sure you hear what he's saying. And um, you know, my third one is uh, Proud is the Devil. Uh, reason being is it's uh, you know, it's it's introspective for me, you know, to think about a song like that, and you know, in just the context of life. But um, little baby feature, it was it was he's not one that you know I listen to on a consistent basis, but. Um, I gotta say he, he came he came through on that one. He came he brought it. He brought it. So So that's no, why I didn't definitely I, I like that joint. Yeah. But I, I felt like Yeah. So Lil Baby is the rapper that every that everybody's saying is up next or it's sure. his time, right? So yeah. everybody's grabbing him to get on their records. But I feel as though there and I, I can't name someone specifically, but I felt that somebody better could have been on that joint to make it more fire. But gotcha. I think they, they pulled him because of his stature. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they probably have a good relationship, but I'm just speaking right. like somebody else could have won on that joint, and that joint could have been stupid crazy. But I felt, oh, little baby's hot. And 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 I think Matt Cole is understanding the game. Right. right? Because um, well, to an extent, but because he's understanding that. Features, features brings more people to gravitate to your music, right? Because it's it's like we talked about before. It's association, right? It's relationships, and what we're doing is we're actually co-branding. Yeah, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Little baby, the hottest in the game. 
I'm a little baby fan and I, and I never liked Cole and now Cole and little baby got a song, I could potentially become a fan or now I'm going to stream right. the song. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. Yeah, man. I really got to think of that. Yeah. But that, that album was solid. Yeah. That yeah. album was solid. But, and I'm just speaking from my opinion, I'm a rock with it. You know, I got a few, tra- I got a few tracks I listen to. Um, but I'm not consistently listening to the album, but sure. what's gonna happen with me, which happens most of the time with Cole for me, is I listen until something else comes out that catches my attention. I agree. To me, Cole has, hasn't been an artist that I can consistently listen listen to out of the, you know, out of the blue. It has to be new, it has to be new material for me to listen to Cole. Gotcha, so, so, his, so his staying power for you is, is, isn't it? Yeah. Right, it, it, he don't he don't hang around long enough in terms of the projects. Again, I don't know if that has to do with, um, you know, like the 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 I guess the public eye, right? So if I got if I got music out, if people not seeing me, does that do it? You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It possibly could. You got to think about it, man. We we live in a we live in a social media world, so we got an artist who is not really active on social media. Right. He's not showing us the day in the life or what it goes into putting his music. He's playing ball. He don't, you know, he not, <laughs> right. you know, right. about his songs. He not, you know, really on that. You know, he did, he was on uh, Steph Curry's IG story the other day because he was like, you know, we kicked up the playoffs. So I guess I'm in the off season now. So he was on this mm-hmm. little IG story the other day. But you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you got to think about it. Um, unless you know Cole, right? You're not gonna. You're not. You're probably not gonna hear him on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you're in North Carolina or somewhere that borders that, right? Um, you know, he's not really, you know, active participant on social media. He's not really visible um, on TV and other uh, media platforms. So, like, mm-hmm. your only association with Cole is from features and his relationship with Rock Nation and or Jay Z. And like you like you said earlier, you gotta find Cole. You know what I'm saying? Because like you said, Cole songs usually don't play on the radio like that. I think the last time he got big play was probably a song off of uh what Forest Hill Drive, maybe. You know what I mean? Like that got, you know, big radio play or big radio spins. Now you might hear him featured on somebody's song on the radio. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's few and far between. Cole and my one of my favorite on the features. Like, if you put Cole on a hood trap, yeah. like he got this journal with money bag, yo, bro. Now he go crazy. He when he featured, he do go crazy. What they gonna say now, mm. bro? Disgusting. It's disgusting. Filthy. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, but you know, to uh, to all our listeners, man. Again, we really, really appreciate you guys. Um, staying with us, man. Staying with us. We're, we're continuing to grow. Uh, we're on Anchor now, so we appreciate, you know, all these listens, man, because uh, it's just creating a space for us to be able to bring you guys, you know, just just bigger and better content. Uh, we got a, we got a series that we're cooking up right now. Um, that's that's going to be coming out soon called So You Want to Be. Um, and, man, just super excited about where we're going, man. Um We've been in this thing for for a little minute now, man. Got a couple years under our belt and all that, you know. So I'm um, super excited, super appreciative, and press play, man. We out here. Yeah, man. And as always, I'm Ramir Roberts, aka Jers. James Woodard, aka Nug. And we in the chat. Jim. Guess who started a podcast? Riddle me that. Nug and his boy Jers, and we talking smack. Sports, music, and life, we talking all of that. We live in effect, ayo, we in the chat.